proud of the British Blacklist. Please, could you introduce yourself and a word or a sentence which best describes you, and you can choose to explain it or not. I'm Pippa Bennett Warner, and I'm an actor and a turmeric obsessive. I put it in no. everything, on everything. I drink, put it in cups of water, everything, yeah. Okay, where did that come from? Um, <laughs> I'm kind of obsessed with inflammation, and I know that, especially as black, we can be quite inflamed, and so I'm very into keeping my body as uninflamed as possible. And turmeric is a really good thing to, to help with that. Because my mum started, the other day she stayed with us and all the rice was yellow. I was like, mum, what's going on? And I, was like, I can taste something because usually in our cooking, the oil that comes to the surface of our stews and stuff, we'll put yeah. that on the rice as a bit of a rice seasoning. Yeah, lovely, yeah. Used to having rice as maybe not completely white, but this was like really deep yellow. I was like, mum, what's going on? What's happening? And she goes, yes, I've discovered that turmeric is really good, so... I'm going to show that everything is covered. <laughs> okay, and please, Aki, could you introduce us? <laughs> My name's Aki Amashavi, and I guess I see myself as just a creative. And was it one sentence? What was the other? A sentence or a word that best describes you? Fearless. What I'm noticing, people say just. I'm just a creative, I'm just an actress or I'm just this. And the word just is so loaded because it's, not, it's never just. Maybe I'm just wanting to explore what just means to you in regards to the stuff that you're doing. Because sometimes for me, when I say, I just do this, it's like, uh, am I diminishing the work that I do somehow by saying just? That's a very valid point and I've never really thought about it like that before. But now you say it, yeah, I think it is kind of diminishing achievements and sometimes, I guess, whatever success means to you sometimes we feel awkward with giving ourselves a pat on the back triply hard to get the things that we have already so sometimes it does come you know when we're speaking about ourselves I'm just like yeah you know I'm just I just do this and that's it but from now on maybe I won't say that maybe I'll, I'll own it and I'll say I'll do this do you think that's a kind of British thing do you think I wonder if Americans do that you know mm. we're kind of I guess the way we're raised or the culture in this country, whatever, you know, whatever kind of sort of your native. I wonder if there is something in that of kind of always being a bit self-deprecating, you know? It's like we're in, it's our country, but it's our borrowed country, kind of. So we've got exactly. the ways of the people that dominate the country. And it's exactly. definitely that. Because I, I interviewed Dominique Fishback. When I said, what do you do? Asked the same question. It's like, it was quite um, exuberant and just like, mm. yeah, I do this and I do this and I do this. And it, it was yeah. an energy to it. I mean, there's culture differences, but there is this thing where and I do it, I minimize what I'm doing, but it's not, you don't think about it because it's just language, just words, isn't yeah. it? And it's yeah. commonly understood. Do you ever feel like just an actress, Pippa? Is there any pressure to do more? I've started to do a bit more and I've started to write and produce, but not really. I think I've always kind of weirdly felt fulfilled enough in the on the acting side and and especially as I'm getting older now and I feel like the parts are getting better and more kind mm. of exciting and interesting and layered and things but no but I, I it is something that's in my immediate future I would say but I it's it's also about having time like I'll always start writing something and then I'll get a job and then of course all the focus has to go on the job because I think I think eventually I'll, I'll probably start wearing more hats yeah it's, but you don't have to. Also, no. I feel like there is that thing like okay, creatives now we're so three sixties. Like I do this, I do this, I do this. Yeah. 
but um, you don't have to. You could actually be quite mm. comfortable doing that one thing that you're damn good at. So wanted to ask you both, please tell us about, we're obviously talking about real, um, brilliant film. Uh, please, can you tell us about your character and what their goal is in the film? Um, Aki, go ahead. Kyle's uh, character, he's had a lot of trauma um, in his life, which he's kind of papered over mm -hmm. and maybe never really dealt with it, but it's always played a part in his life. He, he's had aspirations to wanting to do good things, but sometimes um, circumstances and sometimes where you live and if you've not seen it around you, it's hard to kind of break through that kind of wall. And that's basically what Kyle wants and that's all he's ever wanted. But when it's, ever, when it's always come to that last hurdle, he's always probably tripped up on the last hurdle, trying to get where he wanted to do. He want, he, he's also, um, he needs a closeness as well. He, he needs, I guess, someone to share and, and an emotional outlet as well. And whether that's not just big motions of, you know, anger and stuff like that, but I mean, love, uh, you know, caring and um, being understood as well. And with Carl, for example, and his mother's relationship, sometimes I was saying the other day, um, you can love someone so much that you end up hating them or yep. disliking them because you think you know what's best for them and they're not listening to you. So you're both opposing the mum going, no, this is, this is, this. And you're like, no, 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 I know what's right. And the love so deep rooted mm -hmm. that you just sometimes misunderstand each other and it, you repel. That's mm -hmm. very interesting because I think I'm a mother and your child, your ch children, are real mirrors to your success as a parent. So sometimes when your child does not go the way that you hoped and dreamed, mm -hmm. even for the worst parent ever, I'm sure they have some sort of ideal of how their child would be. When you don't see those things manifest, it's that projection of anger is actually an internal frustration. And sometimes children bear the brunt of it. Like my child is perfect. So I'm just like, I'm a fantastic parent. So I'm okay. I'm not <laughs> Um, for example, I know I had that with my mum in terms of getting into acting and being in acting and doing what I'm doing now. She absolutely hated it. I mean, we didn't speak for a year <laughs> because of it. But yeah, it worked itself out. But for a, a good time, even with drama school, uh, the relationship was, you know, fractured because of it. Pippa, please tell us about your character. So I play a character called Jamie, she's a single mum, and as we go throughout the film, we learn that she's kind of been holding onto a secret of addiction, if you like, of alcoholism. But I really think at the beginning of the piece that she's just not looking for, I mean, she's not looking for anything. And then this, this dude comes up to her in the offy and tries to start talking to her. And she's, she's very much about Felix, her world is about Felix and, you know, and then suddenly this guy comes into her into her world, if you like, and and there's a connection. And I think it's a bit, it's, it's a long time since Jamie's opened up to anybody. And I think Kyle forces that change in her and forces that growth. And and by the end of the of the film, there it's kind of left open ended. But you assume and hope and imagine that these two kind of walk down the yellow brick road into the sun or whatever. But 
It's interesting because when I first read her, I kind of end up falling in love with the people, with the characters that I play, because I feel very protective of them. And I felt instantly super protective of Jamie when I, when I read her the first time. There was just something about the way Aki had written her. She was delicate and vulnerable, but strong and determined and loving. And she was a real gift of a part, actually. Thanks, Aki. <laughs> no, you saying that, thinking about it uh, a little bit more, Jamie's character was probably how Kyle's mum started out when Kyle was younger, you know, all the aspirations and what you want for your children. And she was probably exactly the same character in terms of working hard. The kids were everything. And I guess it's kind of like a 360. Now Kyle's the adult and Pippa and Felix are on that, just starting that journey. Because I was going to say, actually, that was my next question to you, Pippa, was like the, the stereotype is the independent black woman who demands her man to be successful. She isn't quite that person, but yet there's something about the narrative in society and whether or not it's actually true when you get to the depths of in, like smaller communities. But the narrative mm-hmm. is that, you know, black women, we don't get the fairy tale, especially if you are a single mother. I am speaking slightly from personal experience as well. Is that, you know, especially when you have a child that's dependent on you, the world is stacked against the black child, right? And as then you become a parent, that the, the family isn't intact. Battling being a stereotype, but also having ambition and knowing that you could do better, want to do better and protect yeah. your child. There's a lot of stuff that I think people will identify in seeing Jamie and even her approach to Carl and her turning him over in her mind, like, is this the person I can let in? Mm. How did you reconcile some of those things within Jamie and yourself probably? Do you know sometimes you read scripts and you go, oh, this is a black character. Sure. Go, this is black. Like, obviously I'm black and I'm coming at it from a black perspective, fine, you know, putting all that aside. Mm. But actually you're just seeing, I was reading a person, I thought, okay, you know, she is this person, she's got flaws, like we all do, but she just happens to be black. Because I'm very hot on those stereotypes against black women because, you know, as you know, as everybody says, we're at the bottom of this pile, we're at the bottom of this pile, we're this and that. So I'm very protective, of course, of projecting positive presentations of black women because I'm a very, very proud black woman, as so many of us are. And I think there was something in the writing and there was also something in my relationship that I formed with Tay, who was just an absolute delight on every level. He played my son, yeah, he, he then played my son in Gangs of London. He's yeah. he stuck with me now. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> but there was something in, in the writing and in that relationship that I formed with, with Tay that didn't, that didn't feel stereotypical, you know? It didn't feel like, oh, this poor black woman, single parent, the husband's in jail or what, you know, that whole kind of, that we all know that script. We yeah. all know that script where that woman exists in that universe, but this didn't feel like that. It, and it, I think it came down to the writing and Aki's, approach to keeping these two characters in their two little bubbles and then bringing them together but in bubbles but the bubbles felt authentic and real you're just watching two people getting on with their lives Mm. you mentioned stereotypes i guess what i try to do as well i was raised by women i've always been raised by women i've never had a father figure or even an uncle kind of figure and i guess what i try to do is show jamie as a version of a black woman, which I knew through my mum. Mm. And showed different traits. And then also Carl's mum, which I also knew from my mum. And then also Jamie's mum, mm. um, where she was the one who left Jamie, do you know what I mean? So I, I guess what I tr- was trying to do is just trying to show different angles and show that we are nuanced and we 
I don't know what I'm trying to say. I would say that, no pun intended, all that stuff, but it is real. I don't take the title lightly because it is very real. When I watched it, I've watched it twice now. It just felt very real and I think that's okay. And I, sometimes there is this thing that we are taught to be ashamed of. Personally, I've sometimes struggled with being, oh, I'm a single mother, oh, damn. I'm going to be judged like that. But I actually have never been judged for being a single mother. My child might have experienced some things, but it's also, it's like, it's normal. So why are we, how do we normalize something without being embarrassed by it? Because also there's an, another, what I was going to ask you, Aki, about um, Kyle, is that there is a pressure on black men, especially to be successful and the stereotype of visual symbols of wealth and status. Yeah. Lazy stereotypes apply to black men. You're talking about the BMW and the gold chain and all those type of visual wealth excesses. However, Carl's not coming at it from that perspective. And also in that, you know, that need to present himself in a way to um, Jamie for fear of maybe rejection. And again, that plays into other stereotypes about like black women not having the sensitivities when we know it to be different. What kind of things are you trying to say through Kyle um, and his character and what he's going through? I guess when I was looking at everything kind of you said, and I also took social media into account, and that was from when they first meet each other, both of them telling each other that they're in jobs that they're not. And I refer that to social media as it just being a profile. It's just yeah. one side of the story. It's your highlights, if you know what I mean. But underneath, there's everything else, what's really happening, what's keeping you afloat. So that was something I wanted to kind of explore uh, within men, as, as well as what you said with the pressure which sometimes happen with black men and even with black mothers, especially yeah. my Nigerian mum, she was just like, um, yeah. And sometimes within that, that kind of, I guess made Kyle feel a little small and which he was trying to break free from it. And also what he just wanted to be accepted for who he was rather than what he has not, got or has if you know what I mean or rather than where he's going he, he was just basically standing there someone take me for who I am as I stand here today do you know what I mean and let's grow on this journey together not don't come meet me when I'm there yeah walk with me like hold my hand till we both get there basically I think and that applies to both Jamie and Carl mm. in different ways it is that just accept me for who I am yeah. Best or worst. And I guess it's also this perception of having it all together, which it plagues us in society. And I'm just to bring it to pop times now with, with the loss of Chadwick, not to make it about that in that way, but it's just that he was battling something so personal, yeah. sharing his illness. I'm only going to assume, not to speak for him, to not have to see the pity, the sadness, the awkwardness in other people's eyes and their behaviour. Mm. And I think real deals with that, not wanting to reveal your true self, because you don't want to see that disappointment or rejection and stuff like that. And... Um, I mean, you have kind of said that, and I don't know if that's anything that you deal with in your own world and just mm -hmm. how you manage that. One of the reasons kind of, uh, I guess, if I'm really honest, a little bit is for doing the film. There's a part of me that not want to be accepted, but you don't want the pity, you don't want all that kind of stuff. And I guess a little bit was to be accepted, whether to show my family who don't care what I do, in essence, and... Also in the industry, that's why, you know, but I don't want your pity. I don't want your kind of, I guess what you were saying, I just want to inspire, to be honest with you. And it sounds a bit wanky, but that's where this film mainly come from to be. It was just to change certain things and just to say we can do like 
I'm not saying it's the answer, but we can create stuff if we all come together. And yeah, we don't have the same funding or finance, but if we take a risk on each other and work hard, you know, something can happen. We can start building our own kind of door frame. Well, I think it's also this thing about, you know, there's room for everybody. Sure. And I think with this film, Aki's really kind of gone, I'm going to take my seat now, guys. Hi. Mm. You know, which is, which is just great because, you know, without no wanting to swear, but why the fuck not? Yeah, no, absolutely. That's what I'd add to that. <laughs> I'm building a table, not taking a seat. It's not wanky saying you want to inspire because I think even in watching videos and interviews at Chadwick, now in hindsight, we know what he knew, giving, feeding everybody seeds of inspiration. And mm. why not? Because... We have sold such a narrative, like I said, all the things that we, we've just discussed, all these things that we are forced to be embarrassed about mm. and yeah. not take ownership and pride in. Actually, reverse all of that. Take, get rid of all of that. And this, yeah. That Chadwick thing really, really yeah. hurt. I just, yeah. I feel like, what? Him? With the Chadwick thing and everything else, it's just kind of like there's so many times that we're told we can't. Yeah. Or that's not possible. Or... You know, if I come somewhere with a script or something else, like, oh, you have to do it this way. You need a sales agent. To, uh, you can't do that. You can't email that. You can't do... I got told that constantly. And um, I guess I just never listened. We didn't have a sales agent. I, I was a sales agent. I was emailing distribution companies. I was doing this. And, uh, like, if we listen to the can'ts, there's no rules. <laughs> do, do you know what I mean? Yeah. I think that's something we need to get across and in terms of inspiring people there are no rules to this and whoever set the rules and don't they're their rules listen to your own rules and go by your own rules and go by your own heart I guess and that's what I'm trying to do I think that's fair I was going to say actually I was going to ask about actually putting together an indie project like this and getting distribution and people to buy into a story that bucks expected black narratives what was your strategy but as you've just said you were cold calling you became Mm. parts and he just get this vehicle along yeah and it was just making a little teaser uh researched indie distribution companies a lot of the time if i'm really honest i was guessing their emails and then i was just hounding them and mm. i just kept saying like i i know i'm asking a lot for you to sit down half an hour and a half at a laptop but here's a little tape teaser of the film you need to watch it because it offers something different. And because sometimes the big distribution companies will only sometimes distribute certain films. And in terms of black people, these indie types of films don't get shown that much. So I just wanted to pound the floor and just say like, hey, we're here. Yeah, we don't have the big backing of the said kind of film, whoever they are, mm. uh, but we're here and we're in the game. And we're just saying, look, take a look. On a more lighthearted note, when Carl first approaches Jamie, there's that split second moment when she could either say yes or she could say no way. And so, Pippa, what usually does it for you in the instance where you're going to say yes or no? And like, Aki, I'm, not, I'm, I'm assuming you don't get, always get approached because of the rules of society, but what kind of signs would you look for to know whether you'll probably get a yes or a no and when to be pushy or when to pull back? Well, I think in this case, it was just because, you know, he's cute and also basically follows me down the street. So I'm like, oh, he's obviously got, there's some gumption there. This could be interesting. I think for me, it's sense of humour. I like someone who makes me laugh. If I sense that somebody's funny, got funny mm. bones and, yeah. What about you, actually? Me personally? Yeah. It's definitely the look. 
and then the approach in and I think it's not being too sure of themselves and and, and I don't mean like being like okay excuse me but it's just more like having confidence but in a way that's not like you've already got this sewn up you know what the approach is going to be and just thinking that you know what I'm going to say I just think and it is being real in it just being a bit honest in your approach yeah, I yeah. don't like bravado and sh- and and if there is bravado, it's an, it's an understood bravado. Like that's your character, but you've got more going on. I I really hate arrogance. I really, really yeah, me do. too, me too, me too. Oh, they've got to be cute too. You're right. I mean, look, I, I cannot deny. I'm just, it's just. I'm not looking... <laughs> Please catch me with your eyes. I beg. Please. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So yeah. So how do you? What's your? Have we just obliterated your. Thanks <laughs> <laughs> to women. Yeah. All people. Like yeah. What's your kind of. How do you know? Because I, I understand it's difficult sometimes. We put pressure because of society standards that a man is supposed to approach a woman. Mm. And I can recognise it can be difficult when you've got a woman that could potentially tell you to get the F out of her space. When I was playing the field back in the day, um, <laughs> <laughs> I was pretty bad at it, to be honest with you. If I'm really honest, I, I guess my last, not my relationship now, but my last three kind of relationships the girls approached me because oh, I'm just quite awkward it's different if I've met them through friends and it was a natural kind of thing but in a sense of going up to someone I just yeah I can understand because I sometimes I do admire men that can actually even do it so I try I to do too <laughs> I don't like I don't you know agree with women like just f off I don't like that Remember back in the day when I'd tell a friend, oh yeah, I was making moves on you. And they're just like, were you? <laughs> yeah. I was like, God, that didn't even register. Like, Jesus Christ. And in your mind, you're like, I love you. And they're like, okay. So <laughs> yeah. yeah I, I was awful, awful. Yeah. What was one of the biggest revelations of being on set with your fellow cast members and creators working on projects such like this? And maybe a realisation when as a team, you realised that like, you, know, you had something special and this was going to work okay so i think it was probably the first time aki and i shot one of our big two-hander scenes because we didn't have time for rehearsals or a read or anything and so he and i were just going to go off into one of the rooms in the house that we were filming in and just you know knock out the lines i think it was then because just natural chemistry and you don't always get natural chemistry with your scene partners i mean you, you do and you don't but it's so brilliant when you do because you go ah okay i can totally bounce off this person they can bounce off me and then you can then start chucking the scene around and then seeing what works seeing what doesn't work so i think i think it was quite early on maybe like the second day like when we were doing one of the big scenes i just went no okay i feel like this is a really good union in terms of really making these two characters read because i think we both were really committed to making sure that jamie and kyle read and their relationship read and their chemistry was there and I feel really proud of us and considering the lack of time we had as well. If I'm really honest um, I was a bit all over the show because <laughs> I was dealing with so much at the time but I remember there was one point when I guess I had doubt because it was my first time directing and producing and all that so I weren't sure but I knew me and Pippa had a chemistry. I remember one night when I think it was because we shot out a sequence. I think we did walking home from the date scene, me and Pippa were talking. And I think that was the night that I realised that we've got something. 
because I think our first day, my head was just gone. But I think when we were walking home from the day, that's when it started landing on me. Like we have something authentic here and something kind of that hopefully will resonate. So um, just some quick fire. So can you tell me a book that you have to have in your collection? An American Marriage. Oh, yes. You read it? Yes, I have. It's quite brilliant. Yeah, very, very good. Mm. Thank you. I was going to say that one, but I'm just trying to think of the last book I read, which I loved, and I want to say it was called Educated or something like that, which I found quite interesting. What was it called, sorry? Educated, but I don't know if it's one book that I need to have. Um, a song or an album that defines the soundtrack of your life to date. Whoa. Oh my God. I know, yeah. it's just a go-to song. Okay, well, I... Re- oh, God. <laughs> bad now, but yeah. I'm a, bit of, I'm a bit of a Joe fan. Okay. I'd probably say anything by... God. I'm a real Buster Rhymes fan, so maybe my favourite Buster Rhymes song. Hang on. This is difficult. Oh, no. I'm not massively religious at all, but I watched during lockdown a Michelle Obama documentary, and there's a song that opens it called A God Like You by Kirk Franklin. And it's just the coolest, like, you just, you just want to get up and dance. So I'm, I'm going to go with that. First of all, Stevie Wonder, classic. And then, like, you know, from Jodeci to Drew Hill, those kind of things get me moving. And recently in lockdown, this is going to sound... <laughs> a song that um, I recently requested over a Zoom was I'm Every Woman, Whitney Houston version. <laughs> I don't know why, like, I just like the kind of beat. Dun, 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 dun. Okay. I, I kind of resonate with both your choices. A film or TV show that reminds you why you're in this business? One of my favourite films is Waiting to Exhale, purely mm. Angela Bassett's wardrobe, when she's so cross because her husband's left her. Sorry, Pippa, can I just say that that yeah. was very British, when she was so cross that her husband left her. <laughs> I love that. I was going to say something else and I just kept it PG-13, but um, I love that because it's for women that look like me. So, yeah. Three that come to mind at the moment. A profit, do the right thing in terms of, you know, working with nothing and kind of the start of that. And in terms of future, in terms of creativity, I liked Euphoria direction and the music they use and the shots and the cinematography and just the, the whole kind of creativeness of it all the whole production itself i enjoyed that um, and then finally the first play that you saw and what it meant to you it was a musical actually it was in brighton and i went to see fame and i didn't understand what musical theater was and that was the first time i went to theater and i saw this guy called Tyrone flip off the back of a taxi and dance and sing and that was probably the first time I got the kind of oh my god I want to do that yeah Pippa mine would probably be Les Mis and just kind of you haven't seen it no you haven't seen it and this is the reaction I get every time I I was in a theatre next door to Les Mis for three years in a row 
Okay. Well, and I still haven't seen it. Okay, so, Aki, Aki, no. <laughs> I was going to let you off the hook, but no. <laughs> you know, I'd probably say Les Mis because it, it's such a spectacle and the music's amazing. And I was quite young, but I think seeing people sing live and there's something about live music and live singing. I'm a bit of a musical junkie. I like musicals. So I'd probably say Les Mis, yeah. Really, thank you. I really appreciate the conversation and your time. And I'm glad Real is coming out, finally getting its moment. Real, Real's out in... 11th of September. And where can people watch it? In cinemas and online? Most of it will be on the website, which is realthefilm.co.uk. Mainly in selective cinemas and then online and virtual cinemas. It will all be there. And then also Sky Store and BFI Player. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you. I really appreciate it. Tell Flipper thank you too. I will do.